Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a sassy bun, isn't it? I mean, can you really describe a bun as being sassy? That's how you describe all buns. No, it's not. That's how you have to describe all buns. It's a limp bun. I'm offended. It's not a limp bun. You're a limp bun. I'm limp biscuit. <laughs> Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I had to start listening to Limp Bizkit again. Like, I had, like, rolling and break stuff in a few other songs in my playlist. But I was like, no, I've got to actively start listening to them again. Sad confession, I've never listened to Limp Bizkit. Oh, Emma. <laughs> Emma. I'm going to show you the wonders of Limp Bizkit later. <laughs> I went through them um, because I have a playlist that's full of just, like, songs that everybody will like when we go Wales. And I went through it again. I was just, like, picking through it because I just didn't put in, like, Big Brothers and So Solid Crew in it. <laughs> like, nobody's going to want to listen to So Solid Crew. No. Um, it's now down to 84 hours worth of songs. I'm proud that's short for you. Oh, yeah, compared to my other one. <laughs> It still gets added to. <laughs> anyway, guys. Hiya, it's Em, and my party trick is I can touch my nose with my tongue. Yeah, I was really surprised when you did that the other week. Usually I, I show people, like, quite early on in a friendship, and I don't know why it took me so long to show you and Magda. I don't think we ever really talked about, like, party tricks. I feel like that's always, like, an icebreaker. They're like, what's your party trick? And I'm like, uh, this? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm Tone, and my party trick... I have a multitude of party tricks, but my number one is I can fit a Pringle in, like, length... How would you say it? Portrait and landscape, (laughs) essentially. I can put it in, like, standing up and, like... On its side. On its side. (laughs) I just got a massive gob. That's what we can get from this. (laughs) There we go. I have a massive gob. Wow. Welcome to Fishbowl Podcast. (laughs) Now that you know that information about us. Um, essentially what we do here is it's S2 and occasionally a friend although so far it's only the one time when Kira wandered in yeah but it's fine we pick a literal topic out of a fishbowl shout out Valia for getting us the fishbowl yeah and we discuss it and I just realised I forgot to mention in the last one that it's our opinions don't get offended by our opinions it's a way to start conversations oh yeah <laughs> uh, and if we reference anything that means it's not our information and but, we'll let you know yeah where we reference it from yep or at least we try if we I try. Time. You forget. I forget. And, and then, then you... I say it and you're like, oh yeah, I should probably say mine. Yeah. <laughs> and this is episode eight. Yeah, episode eight. Two Ooh. months in. Two two away from being double digits. Ooh. No, not even. Yeah, two. Two away from double digits. Yeah. I had to think then. That's so sad. I know. <laughs> so just because you only have two brain cells left. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So Lenny. Right, it's your turn to pick. Uh, I'm so scared. I don't want it to be bad. I feel like I have the worst luck on picking. Yeah, don't don't jinx it. I already did. My life is jinxed. It's fine. What is it? What is it? Music festivals. festivals. Thank God. <laughs> this is. I mean, this can be either looked in the ways of what we've experienced at music festivals, and as well like what we've experienced at university. Because as we've mentioned before, we do arts and festivals management at uni. Well, we've done arts and festivals management at university. Don't say that. It's gonna be me cry. I know. We're officially done with it. Well, until we graduate and we get that certificate, we're technically done. So we have looked at the ins and outs of festivals. We've worked at festivals. We've come up with ideas 
ideas of what could be within a festival as well. Emma actually did work placement for a festival as well. Shout it out, it's been a year (laughs) since I started and it's sad. So we both know the workings, or at least parts of the workings, of music festivals. I feel like this is a great podcast to discuss Fire Festival. Oh, Not from the clout perspective, but from the management perspective. Because to make it clear now, we're not going to try and like jump on bandwagons to try and talk about things that are like topical and give our opinions on topics that we may not know much about like, yeah. personally. Like the beauty community, like we watch it, but mate, you're not going to hear us talk about what our opinions are of it because it's not our lives. It's not our place to say something. Yeah. If you meet us in person and talk to us about it, we'll talk as much as we want about it in person. Yeah. But this is more of a discussion as well. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's put it on the internet. I feel like we, bo- we both agreed this while stuff was going on and we started the podcast that that's not our place. Yeah. So apologies if people want us to be like a tea channel. We're not. We just talk about our opinions. I don't, I don't have any tea. <laughs> I got no tea to spill here today, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway. <laughs> Back to music festivals. Yeah. So as Ken mentioned, I worked one. I say one. I worked with a company that put on music festivals. And I worked three of their four shows. Which was a great experience. Loved every second of it. Well, not every second. You can't really expect, expect to... To in- love every second of it. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. For people who think it's something super easy that you could just whip up in a week and it'd be there. No. Ha. <laughs> just ha. Because there's so much that goes into it that I don't think a lot of people realize. No. And that's why there's degrees for it. Festivals generally take one to two years to plan. In advance, before the first year. So if you ever see like a festival, so for example, the Neighbourhood Weekend Festival that just happened recently, which happens in the north, Mm. they had theirs this weekend and they literally just announced as well that when the next show is going to be. And that's because they've been planning this for a year or more. Mm. You will, as soon as it comes towards getting close to the finishing of your festival, start, start thinking, planning for yeah, next year. You'll start mm-hmm. planning, do you want to be in the same area? What acts do you want? Because You plan years in advance yeah, for your acts. Because your acts have everything planned out years in advance as well. You think it's only something that they've just come out with recently, but they've actually had this plan for a while. Yeah, unless if there's like last minute fillers and falling outs and stuff like that. Yeah. So music festivals, do we want to start with how they run, what our opinions on music festivals are, or do we want to start about like what festivals we've been to? I think we should start with what festivals we've been to and then opinions and okay. stuff. So you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mentioned, I would say briefly, it wasn't very briefly, in the music episode, which I don't remember what episode that was for. I think that was episode four, yeah. That music festivals got me into wanting to work music festivals. So the first one I went to was Mixtape, and I went to that one a couple of years in a row. Yeah. Which was loads of fun. Like, music festivals to me, I highly recommend because you get more bang for your buck, in my opinion. You see a lot more music for a price of a big artist. So say if you know, I know for me it was like Kelly Clarkson and the script I really liked. So if I spend $180, I see them too and then a bunch of other acts. Like I've seen the Jonas Brothers, I've seen the Wanted, yeah. I've seen TLC, the Remainers of TLC, New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys. So I, th- I think it's subjective though. Because some festivals are ridiculously overpriced. Cough, cough, Coachella, cough, cough. Glastonbury. And Glastonbury, yeah. But some of them are for the, like, to say you went to that festival. Yeah, I think that's what the culture's become more nowadays, is that people go to festivals to say that they've been at a festival, mm-hmm. instead of... The music. Yeah. Well, isn't it like, I know Coachella's two weekends, so, like, if you go weekend two, it's like, you went for the music, not for, like, the clout of Coachella. It wouldn't surprise me. But, like, mate, if I went first or second week, I would go full out anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's the one time you can go full out yeah one. outside of that festival i've attended sundown last year which was a lot of fun which is like my first like i feel like that was my first like proper festival so like camping oh and it yeah. was an outdoor festival and there were like other things to do other than like watch the music so the first one i went to the mixtape one it was just the stages there wasn't really any other like places to go to any other stages it was like one thing and that was it yeah where like sundown is like you have let me think you have one two three four five stages oh that's a lot yeah five stages and like all the food places i don't know what they're called off the top of my head anymore food stalls thank you <laughs> and camping and all of that so like that was my first time doing all of it yeah i highly recommend doing it is a lot of fun yeah as long as like i know for some people going to festivals is like getting high and drunk but um, why would you do it and not remember the experience of you spending hundreds of pounds yeah. or dollars? For me, that just doesn't make sense. Uh, I've been to like regular concerts and like like concerts with like multiple people on them. Uh, I feel like the coolest thing I've done, which is weird that I'm calling it the coolest, is in the States, one of the TV shows, Good Morning America, oh, yeah. do their concert series. So if you show up at the crack of dawn, you get a free concert and they do it every year. So I consider it like a festival because they have it on like every other day. Yeah. And it's through the whole summer, essentially. It's like once a week or something like that. I say a couple times a week because there's other stations have now started doing it. So it's like through that week, you'll have a couple of them doing it. So I've seen Demi Lovato and The Wanted that way for free. Right. Like it was my first concert. I've seen Demi Lovato free in Central Park. That's pretty at like cool. nine in the morning. <laughs> That's not bad, that. So those are, like, my experiences. I've only been to technically two music festivals. Yeah. So for me, festivals, the way that I look at it is it can be a day long if it needs to be, mm -hmm. but it's got to have at least multiple, like, multiple performers on that yeah. day. Yeah, I feel like both of us define a music festival as multiple artists. Yeah. So we, where I live, we have a music festival, and it happens near enough every year they have taken year breaks and stuff like that to kind of get back into the routine of making sure that they've got everything planned they've got the proper permits etc so i've been going that for quite a few years now and they have a stage in the center of town they have one in this park that we have like field area that we have as well and it's mainly a mixture of like northern artists focuses on artists from our town but it also brings in people from manchester and other places as well okay. so very like northern community -esque. yeah that's nice so i've been to that one multiple times now and i enjoy going to it because you do get to see local artists like we always me and my dad mainly we always try and go and see bands that we know personally and mm. that are local in places so at different pubs and different venues and etc other than that so my very first well my very first musical was that one mm. at festival the only other two that i've been to have all been tribute bands so the very first one that i went to was actually on my birthday Aww. and it was called donosphere and it was run by the now called radio x or real no real excess they were called they were called rock radio at one point then they changed the name then they changed the name then they changed the name i can't yeah. remember exactly what it is i think it's like radio excess or something yeah. like that they were manchester radio and they were putting it on and it was called donna's because it was supposed to be a mixture of download and sonosphere so they had loads of different tribute bands they had like a metallica tribute band they had a faith no more tribute band they also had some proper like actual musicians as well some normal bands on a separate stage that were performing as well so i went to that with my family and i loved it and that was like my first experience of a festival that was outside my town yeah the other one that i go to is one called festwich so it's held in presswich in manchester and again it's tribute bands mm -hmm. but instead of being day long like the other two were this one is two days long oh, so like, is it like glaston budget kind of yeah because glaston budget recently happened this has been going on for quite a few years now we've been to every year bar one oh. so the very first year we never went and then we've been going every consecutive oh. year we get a hotel because it's 
a bit pricey traveling from where we live we have to get a train then we have to get a tram and then get a tram back and then get a train back mm, yeah, not doing that like multiple times is a bit pricey so it's cheaper for us to actually get a hotel and once again it's all tribute bands again they have two stages they also have like a little fair area because it's more family friendly mm. so they have fairs you have your stalls you've also got your food stalls they've got multiple things going on and it's hosted majority of the time by Johnny Doom who's known from Kerrang and that's what I they're like the main festivals that I've been to I want to go to more festivals I wanted to experience more mm-hmm. we did plan to go download one year but things didn't work out and we never ended download up going scary. I'd love to go download there's so many festivals that I want to experience but I've never had the chance to yeah but because I of my knowledge of music because of doing music in high school and college and then my experience my knowledge of like festivals I remember one year <coughs> I, they uh <laughs> one year at a festival they were trying to do quadraphonic sound and it just did not work because it was outside so it wasn't an enclosed oh, area no. you had the wind that was blowing it so once like three speakers were working but the fourth speaker weren't working oh. so nothing worked 100 percent. and people don't realize like the logistics that go into these and oh yeah no people don't i'll be stood there sometimes sat and i'm like there's so many things that can be changed about this so many things that you can do to make this 10 times better to make this work more effectively they changed where they were letting people in last year and it was horrendous and i was i was stood there with my dad there's so many different things that they could have done to make this 10 times easier and 10 times better and flow better apologies ahead of time if you ever see any of us at like a festival or a concert or it doesn't even have to be music related like any sort of like event you won't want to hang out with us the entire time because we will nitpick that event to pieces. I mean, I enjoy the music. I will sit and I... I, I we do enjoy ourselves. Don't get us wrong. But, but as like, well, at the same time, I'm thinking about how stuff could be done differently. I'm like, oh, that toilet sign isn't that obvious. I'm like, oh, no, those toilets would have worked better there. And like, this would have worked better there. Although... And you like consider... Things. Yeah, you got to think of the logistics. and <laughs> You look at things like from like a site map perspective after you start doing it once. Like that's... You're screwed. That's how you think the rest of your life. Through oh. spreadsheets and site maps. <laughs> yeah. I just realized that's going to be my life now. Yep. That's my life. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, if you meet us, you may not want to spend the entire day with us because you'll hear us nitpick. Not do. We'll just whisper it to each other. <laughs> But yeah, so I guess this is a good way to segue into like our opinions on music festivals. So obviously we're biased because we want to run them. We love them. Yeah. We, li- we live and breathe them essentially. Or at least what I've just said. I wish I could. Yeah. Once you start living and breathing it, you don't want to stop living and breathing it. And that's my issue is I've stopped and I'm like craving it. But as we mentioned a little bit earlier is a lot of music festivals have turned into almost like this experience where you just want to prove you were there and not necessarily live while you're there. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's one of those where it's like, oh, I went there. And you go, oh, how was it? And they go, uh, uh, uh. It's like, oh, so you don't remember what it was like Like, being there. I mean, I understand that though, because a part of festivals is the experience. It's the atmosphere. Yes. Being with it amongst people that like the same music as you or want to enjoy that experience. But as well, that's not... the main reason that festivals are created festivals are a platform for musicians and artists to get their music out to people that normally wouldn't be able to spend money to go to a concert just to see them yep. and i don't think people realize sometimes that's the that's the actual main prerogative of a festival yeah it's to bring people together collectively that enjoy the same type of music that wouldn't be able it's to normally yeah well. wouldn't normally be able to afford a 40 quid for a concert ticket but they can afford but they can afford because they know that they're going to see at least six 
artists or more or more and they're paying probably what say like 150 quid yeah but if you were to go and see each six of those artists individually you're paying into like 200 300 quid just for that yeah so i mean do i think it's a bad thing that it's going towards that yes and no i think yes because i feel like it ruins festivals for other people then so like like a coachella for instance like i know this year it was a huge thing on youtube to like fake that you went to coachella yeah and i'm like so you're faking it just to get the clout of coachella not necessarily like experience coachella itself yeah obviously music festivals are not for everyone and that's fine but like for the people that like faked it because they just couldn't get tickets and just wanted to be like hop on the bandwagon of getting views because Coachella was popular for those two weeks. Yeah. I'm kind of like, really dude, like it's for the music, it's for the experience. And I mean, all I hear after Coachella is everyone complaining. I think as well is the influx of festivals that are now appearing. You've gone from- Disappearing. Yeah, so there's so many festivals that were massive, but they've now basically disintegrated or Well, look at V-Fest. V-Fest got cancelled because it turned into something that Richard Branson didn't want it to be. Every festival will have a vision and a mission and aims mm-hmm. and that is their main prerogative is to fill those vision and mission and aims yep. if you can't fill it you're not going to feel like you're putting justice towards what you originally created and that's not even necessarily for like your own personal prerogative no like you get sponsors and partners and stakeholders based off of those mission and vision and aims yeah and as soon as you are no longer following that you have issues with your stakeholders then and they whether that be your, money. Whether that be actual people investing money into it, if it's companies that come to your festival and you agree for that, or if it's literally just people attending. Yeah. As soon as those mission, vision, and aims start to change, it changes everything. Yeah. You lose your audience, you lose your core values. And essentially, that can then be the catalyst for what ruins that festival. Yeah. And um, I don't think people realise how much goes into the work of planning and creating them as well. Oh god no. I know people, even on our course, that were like, it's not that difficult to do it. But then they'll tell stories about like these horror stories of festivals. People kind of question why Glastonbury stops for a year. It's and to that's, help the land. It's to help the land because the land that you are hosting on gets trampled. It gets ruined. It gets filled with anything and everything. Well, and it needs time to essentially regenerate it's a farm that it happens on so for people who don't know glastonbury's down south of in the uk held on a farm and over what the past decade it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger yeah and that's great because it's great for us because we're going into the industry something that's blooming and blossoming but now people are like is the festival bubble gonna pop like please like go Piss off, I mean, yeah. I get that though, because the amount that we are seeing, the amount of people that are trying to create their own festivals but don't understand the logistics and feel as though, I mean, fire festival for example they didn't understand the logistics and what happens when you create a festival you don't go for the high thing you start off small you start off with a manageable amount you know you consider what's going to be your target audience and who's actually going to consider to come to your festival from that you can then generate a general audience Mm -hmm. amount from that then you can generate you can decide well where would we possibly hold this what's more viable what's got plenty of amenities around 
around it, but as well has access to it for anybody. So disabled, you know, anybody can come to it from, say, multiple cities away. You've got to consider that. And then on top of that, then you've got to consider funding. How are you going to fund this festival? Yeah. I feel like using Fire Festival as an example, we can go through bits and pieces of it and kind of dissect it. I will give Fire Festival one credit and one credit alone, and is that those marketing was fantastic. For the fact that they were able to convince essentially the world, give or take, like obviously people that aren't involved in social media and that kind of thing. They've pretty much convinced the world that this was going to happen. Yeah. And that it was going to be a success. Yes. It was going to be the greatest festival to be created. Yeah. Now, me, being in events, I've watched both documentaries, both on Netflix and Hulu, because I'm a sado and <laughs> wanted, I needed to know all perspectives of it. Yeah. And something that I found watching both of them, you actually got a better overall look at both. So I know me and Tone watched the Netflix one with Magda together. Yes. Because I remember when it came out that this happened and I was heartbroken because this is when I decided I was going into music festivals and events. I was very, very excited, very passionate about what I wanted to do. And then this came out and I was like, who is ruining this? Like for me, music festivals were always like this little bubble. Oh, I forgot about another music festival I went to, Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> bit late. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit late on the one. I, I see music festivals as almost like this bubble of like, you can ignore what's going on around you, like outside of this festival and be in a, a blissful bubble, like living your life and not having to worry about drama that's going on at home or drama going on with your friends or things that are going on. It's like a little safe haven. Yeah. It's almost like a utopia almost like within itself. Yeah. So for me, that's what music festivals always have and always will be. That's what music is to me. And so when I saw someone screw up a music festival that much and I I saw the images and I was like, how could you put someone through that? Like it literally looked like it was a war zone and that how, how people could function. Like there was no running water. There was no toilets. Yeah. Like there's barely even mattresses for people to sleep in like it was horrible 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 like these people went there for a happy experience and pretty much went to doomsday yeah like what do you expect and people were talking crap about other things on it and i was like if you were expecting three thousand people to show up and suddenly twenty thousand people showed up yeah you're not going to be prepared for that number difference yeah but as well that was down to them for overselling is that down to them for overselling a and b if you watch the documentaries what was it three months beforehand they didn't even have a location yeah like there there are a few things you learn about festival work and one of them is you cannot start selling tickets without actually having a location no so that's something i i was lucky enough to work with a festival team that started i worked with them for their first year ever of one of their festivals the long road so I was able to see all the back work of their first year, which is a lot of work. It's a lot of negotiating, cutting different things because you have these dreams and then you realize, okay, this is the first year. What can we do without? What do we need yeah. to show what this festival can be? You realize sometimes that you have to scale back what you originally wanted to do because you are new. You might have previously done a festival. However, if it's not the same genre or the mm-hmm. same style of festival that you've done previously, it's a completely new audience type that you're heading towards and that's then more focus groups that you've got to do it's more market research that you have to do more analysis that you have to do to find out whether it would be viable or not and sometimes they look like they will be viable and in the end they're not yeah and it's all learning curves and that is the whole process of a festival yeah it's not something that can be done in six months 
essentially. I think they did it. They tried to do it under six months. Yeah, it's not something you can do. And they changed locations numerous times. They picked locations that I don't think they considered that they would need customs for different things. Like there are things that you need to consider that they never did when it came to what they wanted to do. Yeah. And that's fair enough, especially because they didn't have event planners. They didn't have event producers there until the last month. Yeah. And when you hire in events teams and you only give them a month to try and do it, there's no way they can do it. No. And that's what I saw more from the Hulu documentary than the Netflix one is they brought in those event planners to talk about it. And you can see how heartbroken they were because these are people's livelihoods. Like, this is what they do for a living. This goes in their portfolio. that name is with them forever now. Like, those people that were affected by Fire Festival, yeah, people went to it and they experienced that and that's horrible. It was a horrible experience, probably very traumatic for them. But those careers and those people that worked it are destroyed. Yeah. And I think that's what's even more heartbreaking is imagine if it was you or me working on a first year festival and that happened. Yeah. Our careers would be destroyed. We would never be able to find work. No. Or you'd be even discouraged to even think about looking for work again yeah because of how horrendously it went yeah so marketing was really well and that's because they worked with really good marketing teams yeah and i think they only really thought about how it looked to people not necessarily how it actually functioned yeah and you could tell when you compare like their site maps that they had for their visitors to what the place actually looked like um obviously there's more information you can get from these documentaries and online articles and that kind of thing i did research ages ago so my information might be slightly wrong i apologize ahead of time for that um but like i think a a big thing is is promising things that weren't actually built or there yeah and that's something you that's a huge no-no in events you You, do not promise things that are not going to be there if you can't make sure that it's going to happen don't promise it because i mean that's a surefire way of getting sued well yeah there's that because you're actually giving false information forwards to people that are buying your service and product which is illegal i'm pretty sure i think it is but as well on top of that then any credibility that you wanted to create is now gone it's now lost you don't have any credibility if you ever want to do something like this again nobody's going to believe in you 100 nobody's going to want to put money into you nobody's going to want to invest in you you have People who uh, do uh, philanthropic, um, what they called? Angel investors? No, philanthropic investment, which essentially is somebody who's kind of well off or a business will give you a select amount of money and they don't really want anything from it. They just kind of want to invest money into you. That then shuts off a load of people because they're not going to want to do work with somebody who can't even handle their money to create yeah. a worthwhile event. Yeah. I don't think I'm not gonna go into all of I'm not even gonna name the guy um who worked. There was two guys that made it, I'm not gonna name either of them. Mm-hmm. You can look it up, you can find that information. This isn't really me not a place for me to state my opinions on specific people. But one of them lied a lot to get a lot of money. Because festivals are not cheap to make. No. At all. So um lying to get that money and then lying to the public to be able to try and make something that didn't actually happen. I think is morally wrong. Yes. And this guy, I believe, did a lot of morally wrong things. And some people get away with morally wrong. I don't think he should be able to get away with it. And if I ever am in the same vicinity of him, it would not be pretty, (laughs) to say the least. And that's just something, this is something I'm very passionate about. And for some people, just see it as a quick buck. The most annoying thing about it was, is that this is an industry that we want to go into. Mm -hmm. And somebody's basically taken what we hope and wish to do and hope to better and basically crushed it, essentially. They almost made it like a joke. It's... 
it's taken a while for me to get certain people that I know to understand what it is that I want to do and that it's not just a gimmick essentially it's not oh, yeah. it's not a free ride essentially because it's not a free ride it's so much work and so much investment that goes into it there's so many hours and time and it's a lot of blood sweat yeah essentially to create something worthwhile that you're proud of yeah and that you're happy that you've created and to see somebody who's like oh I can do it within six months so I can do it with this and basically demolish it and make it the worst thing that's ever happened it kind of gets rid of all that credibility that I had created in people to Mm. finally see what it was that I was going to into yeah see what I was hoping to create see how passionate I was about it and then see that well this is basically just a shit show (laughs) yeah yeah I think it was something that was really difficult for me and I think I feel like it gets more difficult the more people bring it up into social media for the clout and that kind of thing is that it's it's not a clout it's people's safety and it, it was people people's safety yeah bottom line is that was what was put on risk and these people just didn't care it seemed like that's your main priority is your audience and the safety of that audience yep. if you can't ensure the safety of that audience then it's not something that should happen don't do that event do not create it do not even think about putting it on do not even think about advertising it to people as soon as you know that you cannot ensure safety it's it's finished yeah it's done for and for the fact that that wasn't really considered it didn't seem like it was that obviously like from perspectives it might have been considered and it was just never stated maybe because they thought assumed it was common knowledge that that's what people thought but from everything i've seen it didn't seem like people cared about that no and doing events and doing a degree in events that is the main thing is your audience yeah and it should always be your audience so for us it broke it broke me up a little bit i was like this is what people think i do and that they think they can just whip it up yeah like that so i like it it almost solidifies that you can't just whip up an event it takes a lot of planning a lot of work and if you want to put one on find the right people I think that's going to be my biggest advice is find the right people because if you don't know what you're doing someone in the world is going to know what you need to do I mean I've had it where people that I know have wanted to put on charity music events Mm -hmm. and they've come to me to ask what should be considered because while yeah we're mainly focusing here on music festivals majority of what you're thinking about as well for a festival kind of goes in hand in hand with your day to day events as well it goes with everything your concerts your you know one off shows that you hold your charity events that you hold there's so many different things that go into it there's so many logistics that people don't think about that are critical to the creation and the completion and the successful running of that event it's a universal thing the basics and the base standard that you should have in your head when it comes to creating an event is universal amongst everything essentially yeah i agree completely so (laughs) sorry it's a bit like deep i feel like this episode it's literally something that gets to me a lot and while i was watching those documentaries i cried because it it showed even more detail on what people went through it angered me a lot because it does just discredit everything to do with it yeah and i don't i have like my parents have faith in me for what i want to do so do mine but Um, as well i want to i i don't want to be throwing myself into something that's got such a shitty reputation essentially yeah and it's it sucks (laughs) yeah i think it's it's the bottom line for us it sucks when someone does something like that and so why we took a degree and actually studied it so we don't make those same mistakes like we know what to look for in health and safety we know what to look for with business partners to be able to put the festival yeah we know how to plan in advance for that kind of thing and that we know you just can't whip it up in six months it's going to take you a year or two to even make the first year yeah 
and then it takes a year of planning to do the next one. You can and have so your so idea so within a week, but that idea takes means years. fuck all, essentially. You need years of planning. Yeah. You need to process it, make sure it's safe, make sure it makes sense, make sure it logistically works, theoretically works, literally everything works to it, almost to a T. Obviously things go wrong. Yeah. Like you can't control a lot of it. Like for one of, one of the things that went wrong at Firefest is it like tsunami <laughs> almost. It was like a typh- typh- typhoon. It was a like huge that, yeah. thunderstorm came through and they couldn't work. And so that's why they were even more behind than they probably would have been. But even then, even if it didn't rain for that entire day, I still think they wouldn't have had anything. No, definitely so, not. So it, it's one of those where it's like, I, I feel bad for the people that were involved. Yes. Other than the heads, because obviously they should have been aware. They they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and there's evidence afterwards that they were aware of what they were doing and were like, type thing so for them i don't feel bad like if you're fully aware of what you're doing is wrong there's I, something wrong there like, yeah. if your gut's telling you something's wrong take it and run <laughs> yeah like don't hide that and try to make it something to make it work for the money and for the, the notoriety and i think a big thing of it was notoriety and i remember from the net wasn't it the netflix one where one of the guys that was working with them came up with the idea for corporate use not public use yeah so to make this festival to advertise the application that they were putting it with for the app they're putting it which with. is what was the original intention that's what i mean that was the first idea yeah. and that's a great idea of its own and that's how you would have started that make it very exclusive very executive and have that work beautifully and then slowly but surely create integrate, this festival that you integrate want. the public into it yeah that's how how i would have done it personally like if someone came to me with that idea and like do corporate first yeah. and then make it commercial yeah because that way you at least understand what companies work how quickly can you do it how well does this location work because there's times where festivals change locations and that's because the location just didn't work for what they needed i know for the long road it took them i think a year to find the right location that they wanted to use because you can think that you've got the right location but until you then go and try to do a site plan and think of the logistics everything can change exactly nothing is set in stone and that's why it takes so long and it's also for the accessibility of everything you need yeah a festival is its own self-sufficient like a city essentially you bring in your own water you bring in your own electricity your own waste all of it yeah all of it is there it's it's great to see like if you could volunteer to do it because it's it's fascinating to see it happen yeah like seeing everything just be built and then everything taken away and it's back to how it was yeah it's great but it is so much work like the the hours i know people have worked and the stress that people went through like we would have to force feed some of my managers because they just wouldn't eat the grunt work that you have to do the grunt work Lovely grunt work. It's fine. <laughs> grunt work is my life at this point in time. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't want to make this negative because festivals are, most music festivals are safe and perfectly fine. Yeah. Always be cautious if it's a first year festival. Just be extra careful for yourself. Um, and if it seems too good to be true and it's a first year, probably it's too good to be true. Putting that up there, I feel like. If someone's promising so much. Yeah, just be cautious, essentially. Because there's so many things i mean even your established festivals can have problems oh yeah you've just got to be cautious of everything and think ahead of what you can bring with you or what you can take with you to prevent certain situations yeah it's obviously like they're they're usually very very safe like i know security that works at these festivals they're lovely people keep you perfectly safe but it is one of those where sometimes things don't go right yeah and things everything won't go perfect no. And I think that's something that people don't realize in events. When something goes wrong, they're like, well, why didn't they prepare for it? They probably if it was have. prepared for ahead of time, it wouldn't have happened. And they probably have backup plans that are trying to be reinstated as you talk about it. They always have a contingency plan. Contingency a, plan is key. True. You always have a plan. Like, it's, you know how it's like 
plan A, plan B. You probably have plan F. Yeah. If when you work in events, which is hilarious to have like seven different reasons. They're like, okay, cool. These are our seven ideas. Which one do we want to drive? <laughs> and that's I love events because it is it's so much hard work, but it's so rewarding in the end. It creates a family for the team. Oh God, yeah. You just you just take it. Like the amount of times I got yelled at on site, and people would come back to me being like, I'm so sorry, I'm just stressed. I'm like, it's okay, get bring it in. <laughs> yeah, I've had people like force feed me food and water because like you're shaking. Please stop. <laughs> it, it it turns into a family. Yeah. You you learn things about people. You bond with people. Like yeah. It's just how it is, and I still like even though Firefest happened, I still think that it's important to go to festivals. Experience one at least once if you can. Yes. I, don't, I promise they're not as scary and I'm sorry this went like really deep and really sad for like a lot of this <laughs> fire festival is very passionate to me <laughs> if you go through my twitter you will see a tweet where I was very angry when I heard that a 2.0 might happen <laughs> yeah we had a massive discussion when we watched the Netflix version so. yeah and then I had a massive discussion with Ollie when we watched the Hulu <laughs> one I've, if you want to hear my genuine opinions on it bring up fire festival and I will have a very heated discussion about it I remember we had a discussion here again with Ollie I think yeah <laughs> probably it's just something I'm, I'm weird passionate about and I think it's just because it angered me so much so it was one of those where I was like I had to get this anger out and I do it constructively I don't just like scream at someone being like how could you think it was a good idea blah 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 like yeah and then I give my perspective as an event planner itself I'm like well they didn't consider this 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 and this and someone who may not do events may not realize you need to consider all of those things yeah and it's one of those that's like no you need to be able to consider things and look into things like I wouldn't have known about the um oh what's the word custody is that custody Customs. customs you literally said it a minute ago I know I didn't when I forgot this is what happens like I wouldn't have considered that but then you also have to realize they're on a foreign island so that's commonplace then you should have looked into if you needed customs or not yeah but no one in the team did no and it's weird to think that there was such a large team and there were things that fell through the cracks like obviously in the documentaries you notice some people being like oh I tried mentioning this this and this but they just didn't listen and that's fair enough but it's weird that the core team yes didn't consider any of it although it doesn't surprise me with who the core team was yeah but <laughs> not the bash fire festival anymore I think they've gone through enough but that's understandable bless them i say bless them but not all of them (laughs) (laughs) i promise i'm not like a hatred type person but yeah i just don't really like how they did it yeah same although tone till i end it on a later note this discussion use it tone on april fool's day sent me a link to (laughs) firefest 2.0 that was happening in like asia or something and Kier was with me and I was furious. I was like, how dare they do this? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I was so angry. And Kier was like, oh, look up like one of the packages. I want to see how expensive it would be. And I opened it and it linked to like a Rickroll. <laughs> and I was like, you have no idea how happy I am to be Rickrolled right now. <laughs> oh my God. I, I remember was, that. You messaged me like going, did you look at it properly? I was like, yes. <laughs> I <laughs> thought you were being serious. Like, oh my no. God, what's happening? It's happening. <laughs> like a World War Three is about to like break out. <laughs> I was so angry, but then I was so happy to be Rickrolled. Anyway, to make it later, continue to make it later. Music festivals in general. Experience them once in your life, because they're a lot of fun. Yeah. You meet friends, you meet people that you wouldn't expect. Volunteer, maybe. Go with friends, go with family. Yeah. We need to go to a festival together. Oh, yes. Please. I go um, with my dad all the time to one, but I need to <laughs> go to one without my dad. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I still have all the camping gear from when Kira and I went. We have a really nice tent. I want to go camping. I haven't been camping in a while. <laughs> I haven't actually been like proper. Say camping. that. I camp when I go to Wales. I'm going to Wales in like seven weeks. There you go. Yee. Try and experience it. Even if it isn't like a crazy one like Coachella or Glastonbury. It could be your local town like I go to. That was my first one. They're actually a lot of fun local ones. Yeah. And the smaller ones. Because you know the area as well. Mm-hmm. Like um, I can just nip into my local pub and get a pint and then go back and listen to some music after I've had it. There you go. If you want to put on a music festival, please look into the right companies and the right teams to do so. And yes. see if it already exists because no idea is original at this point. <laughs> yeah. I feel like. No, it's not. But if you can do it right, it makes it so much easier. Think about your audience. Your audience is your main... Audience is key. <laughs> they should be at the forefront of your mind 24-7 when creating this. Yep. And safety. And I apologise for like harping on about safety, but my dissertation was about health and safety. But safety is the key point. If you can't ensure safety, you cannot ensure a great festival. Exactly. Simple as. Pretty much. Yeah, because that's when mutinies start to break out and you don't want that to happen. Yep. I've heard horror stories of some people working at festivals where like literal mutinies have broken out and you're like, oh, great. Yeah. Enjoy yourselves. Don't be forced or peer pressured into things you don't want to do. Yeah. Take that as you will. <laughs> I'm not necessarily referencing what everyone thinks I'm referencing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, don't be idiots. <laughs> I yeah. think it's good advice at the end of that. <laughs> Don't be idiots. Simple as. Uh, do you have any other final lasting words? No. I think you've just said everything essentially. I feel like that... The key thing is just to, yeah, try and experience a festival if you can. Enjoy yourself. And enjoy yourself. Like, obviously we think about the logistics of it because we have worked and we understand the logistics of it. However, their key for you when you go to this festival is to enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. So do. And we do enjoy ourselves. We just also enjoy dissecting festivals. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the music. Enjoy yourself. Have a great time. It's a, a place away from everything for you to have fun. Yep. Anyway, if you want to continue this discussion about music festivals, uh, reach us at Twitter at fishbowl underscore pods. P-O-D-S. Or Instagram, fishbowl underscore podcast. Uh, check out our website for any updates, which I don't think there will be by this point. But that's where you can find the links to where you can listen to us, as well as any fun facts, really. And submit your own topics as well. Oh my god, we didn't mention that in the last one, either. Mm-hmm. Wow, we did bad on the last one, guys. I apologize. <laughs> but- submit your own topics on our website, so yep. you can be shouted out in that fishbowl. Although we haven't picked anyone that anyone else have put in yet, so. No. Sorry. <laughs> it's, a, it's a luck of a draw that's the point <laughs> check out our Spotify playlist for our music tastes so maybe you can suggest some music festivals for us to go to yeah that'd be great also hit us up what music festivals are you going to which ones do you want to go to I feel like these are great questions we should have asked <laughs> probably uh, if you want us to do if you want festivals to again yeah. let us know as well or any other topic that we've already talked about and listen to all of the other seven podcasts we have oh god yeah there's loads you have loads of content enjoy us if you have a long train ride or plane ride to listen to us <laughs> keep you company <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you guys for listening again yeah and we will see you on monday bye bye